But do you you don't have a furnace though, right? You you probably have a um. No, I've got a, a heat, heat pump. pump. Yeah, heat pumps yeah. are shit, man. Well, I mean they're fine for here. Yeah, but like once it gets cold, like like, because they can only warm the air around it, and so when it's really fucking cold, there's nothing to heat. Right. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? How's everything in Florida? Oh, it's just fantastic. Our governor is coming home. I Yay. know. He, he finally hung it up. He, he took his high-heeled cowboy boots off and his kissed the ass <laughs> of the orange one. And he's going to come back to wreak havoc on Florida before he's got to get out of there. Yeah, but at least he can't come back here. Well, I guess he could run for Senate, but I don't know. I just find it very strange that he withdrew and he endorsed the Cheeto. It's like, after all the bad blood between you two, you're going to endorse this asshole? Did you get paid off or did you get threatened? So I think, so what I had read was he had come to this decision after he had talked with his donors. And I think they kind of put him in line and said, not only are you going to drop out, but you're going to endorse him or else the money for whatever you want to do next is gone. And he, Mm. he got down on his knees and said, please don't take my money away. And you know, because it's the (laughs) almighty dollar who cares about the people. Yeah. Right. Oh, what a shit show. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just thinking back to when Nikki Haley was Speaker of the House. So, you know, <laughs> oh. it's just ridiculous it, that there are so many stupid people in this country. But I mean, it's so but it's never been racist. It's yeah, exactly. It's so hypocritical of like, we are the law and order party, except for when it pertains to our people. <laughs> Right. Like you can't you can't elect Hillary Clinton to office if she's under an FBI investigation. Like that's no good. Well, okay, now you got a right. guy that's that has 91, you know, felony counts and is going to be in four fucking separate uh trials in the next year. But that's okay because he's your god. Right. You can't tell me it's not a cult. Oh, it very much is. Yeah. I'm just waiting for them to serve the Kool-Aid. Oh, please. <laughs> I mean, but his cognitive decline doesn't seem to be an issue for them. But it's a it's, it's apparently an issue for Biden. And it's like, okay. Right. Sure. Oh, Biden's too old. Well, Trump's going to be just as old if he gets back in. So why is that okay? Right. <sighs> Because they're only concerned with themselves. Yep. And they just need to self-destruct. Yep. I saw, I did see a good thing that like, if you want to know the difference between a Republican and a Democrat, Democrats are for the people and Republicans are for property. And if you look at their, their Mm. shit, that's exactly right. Of course it is. You know, the the Republicans scream about fucking how much they love America and want to make it great. Well, except for like feeding starving children and housing homeless vets. You know, we don't want to do well, that. Well, and the mother and the two kids who drowned in the the river because the governor of Texas wouldn't open the gates to let border control to save them. Yep. I mean, why can't he be held for murder at this point? He should be. It was a deliberate, it's a deliberate act. Yep. I just don't understand why all these things keep happening and there's no recourse. 
there's no response to it. Yeah. Oh, yay for the future. <laughs> Somewhere else. Well, hopefully. Ho- hopefully the future is bright, but we'll see. Oh, I hope it's so bright I've got to wear shades. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. So what have you watched this week? I watched a couple of things. Um, yeah. I was super busy at work and didn't get to watch as much as I normally do. So, um, But I did take your recommendation and I started to watch Ted. Yeah. Um, it's way better than it has any right to be. It's, it is. And there are some episodes that are a mess. Yeah. But the CGI is good. I think it's it's typical Seth MacFarlane. Oh, yeah. You know, it it's pushing the boundaries further than he ever could on TV. Yeah. But it's funny. It, do, it doesn't have Marky Mark. No. It is funny. And I think it's that's very funny. I think Marky Mark not being in it is one of the reasons why it works better. I think the the kid that's playing him younger, I think he's just better at delivering the jokes. And mm-hmm. you know, having having like the mom who's like a real funny character in it. Um Right. And you know, it's kind of a who's who of like who Seth MacFarlane has worked with. Right. Right, it's got Seth Grimes, it's got Penny, what's her name, both from Orville. Yeah, the the main kids from the Orville too. He was in a couple of episodes, I think. So, oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. So, so it is definitely like if you've worked with Seth before, like you're gonna get more work. But um, so I had I had watched the first one last night and found it extremely funny, and so I was watching. <laughs> I was watching episode two, the one where the father goes for the colonoscopy. And uh-huh. um, I I had paused it um, when they come home from the colonoscopy. And um, I sat down to, re- to to watch the rest of it. And my kid was, was heading out the door to go to a friend's house. And she went around the corner and I unpaused it so that the father yells out, I jerked off a dog at which point she comes walking back in the room and is like, what are you watching? And I was like, Ted. And she goes, that's Ted. I was like, yeah. And I don't think it's probably appropriate for you, especially, you know, at this level of like what they're talking about. And she like, then now she's begging me to watch it because she's heard like curse words and shit in it. Right. But I mean, it it was funny. I mean, it's definitely funny. And it's definitely Seth MacFarlane, like, playing in all the places that he's always wanted to be in. Because, like, the house, the exterior of the house is the Leave it to Beaver house. Mm-hmm. Um, the high school is actually the courtyard from Back to the Future. Right. So, like, he's he's this giant nerd that's now getting to play in all of his favorite spots. And I, uh, it, it just seems like he's having a lot of fun. And I think that may make it better than like a lot of the other stuff that he's been working on. But I mean, he has a knack for that because like, like the Orville up, up until recently was like the best Star Trek TV show that had been on in a while. And it just showed that it was his love of Star Trek that, you know, he had wanted to do something, but in, in a funny vein. And if you watch Orville, it gets more and more serious as it goes on. Right. And I think with this, it was his way of being like, well, let's push the envelope of what we can say. Cause this is never going to be on regular TV. So let's just do it. Yeah. I mean, for what it is, it's, it's, well done. Yeah. I mean, even the CGI is better than it should be. The CGI is amazing. Right. Like for, for a seven episode TV show, like they, they went all out. There's, I haven't seen any corners cut in the three that I've watched. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's, um, the, the CG in the actual movies was pretty good too. 
Um, but right. like, like the the last one I watched was where they go to the Halloween party. I guess I've seen four. Mm. Okay. Um, and he's dressed up as the Ewok, and yes. he's like dancing on the on the table and stuff, and it's like that fucking looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they had like an animatronic that they used to fill in for certain things, but like it's well done. Yeah. I'm wondering whether or not they're going to try to make him do a second season. I don't know. It's possible. But I'm sure if the Orville isn't happening, he'd probably jump on it. Well, that or go on a concert tour. Well, yeah. So have you finished them all? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I watched them in like two two days. Oh, nice. It was an easy watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm halfway through and I started watching them last night, so. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you watch this week? Are you caught up on? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Might be the same question. Go ahead. Uh, Percy Jackson. Yep. Okay. Yes. There's only two episodes left. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like the episodes are written in a weird way to stop at strange places. Yeah. I mean, I like I like the show. I like the story um you know, after after the season comes out, I want to go back and watch the actual um Percy Jackson movie that they made because I want to yep. see how were there, were there different two? they made it. Yeah. Well, the the first one, The Lightning Thief, is yeah. based on the same season. Yeah. Of what they're doing on Disney Plus. So I want to see how they change it and like what they leave out and what, what the TV show did differently and stuff like that. But, um, it always just feels like they end in weird spots and it's, it's, you know, you're wanting a little bit more and like all of a sudden it ends and you're like, Oh, now we got to wait till next week. But, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I I don't know how you feel about it, but I I feel like you're doing a good job with it. I do like it, and I I like how they're trying to throw in the mythology, but not hit you over the head with this. Yeah. The whole concept of the the uh, casino was kind of interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, with the with like the air is is makes it so that you don't remember anything. Right. I'm glad that there wasn't a whole bunch of Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty happy it wasn't a musical. The episode. other Seder character was kind of interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting take on on what's come before it, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where this goes because I never read the books either. So is it going to be a satisfying conclusion or does it end in a place where you're like, okay, cause there's only two episodes left and they just got to the West coast. Right. So I'm not really sure how it all shakes out in, maybe an hour because these are kind of short too. These are very, yeah, these are really short. Yeah. So maybe they'll do longer episodes for this one. I don't know. We'll have to wait till Tuesday. Yeah. What have you watched? Uh, so what have I watched? 
Um, I got very bored and was scrolling through Amazon and went to the suggested for you or movies you'll like tab. Okay. And I watched three really bad movies. Uh oh. Just one after the other. Okay. Uh, the first one is called Hunters. And it's about a family of archaeologists who seek out artifacts from fairy tales. Okay. And it's it stars Robbie Amell and Victor Garber. Oh, geez. It could have been good. Um, so in this one, they're looking for shards of the magic mirror, and Victor Garber is the evil billionaire, and it could... I. I don't know if they felt it was going to turn into a series or something, but it could have been much better. Okay. So, so don't watch that. <laughs> okay. And then the next one is called the, the portable door, the portable door. These two people, these it's British. Mm-hmm. These two people get hired by this company but they don't know what the company does and there's a a board member of the company who lost a portable door somewhere and he's trying to get them to find it <laughs> and it was just really bad <laughs> it's right up there with that Jack Black movie the house with the clocks in its wall oh, I don't know if I ever saw that one uh, d- don't bother. Okay. And then the last one was called Max Winslow in the House of Secrets. And the premise sounded a lot like Ready Player One. Like five teens from a high school get picked to be, um, to compete for this, this billionaire's fortune. Okay. And it, kind of started off kind of okay they have like these interesting challenges they go to this house the guy's mansion or whatever and his name is Atticus Virtue <laughs> um, and one one of the kids is Johnny's son from Cobra Kai oh okay um, but uh, the house has a, a AI presence that is voiced by Marina Sirtis oh geez okay and and she kind of becomes the villain in this. She starts kind of manipulating the kids and making them see that they've all been horrible people and they redeem themselves. And <laughs> uh, it it didn't go the way I thought it would. Okay. And so yeah, I, I another pass. It was a twenty. Oh, actually, I guess. It was made in 2019, but it was just released or probably bought by Amazon back in October. Uh, I don't know, 2020, October 2020. So yeah, it was pretty bad. So all so th- don't watch any of those movies. All three of these movies you watched all the way through. Yeah. Why? I told you I was bored. <laughs> And we're at that point where there's nothing on again until after the Super Bowl. Dude, you need a hobby, man. Oh, unless, that requires doing things. Unless watching bad movies is your hobby, and then I guess you're you're living life to the fullest. But I, I don't know if I'm, yeah. if I'm 15 minutes into a movie and I'm like, I'm just not feeling this, I turn it off. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've done, I mean, there were parts of these movies that I thought were interesting, but they never paid off. Okay. So I figure that's about four and a half hours that Amazon owes me back. <laughs> Have they started? And then today I watched, un- Go ahead. started the new price fee schedule. Yeah. So now you have, um, ads. Uh, not yet. No, I didn't see any ads. Okay. Um, and then today I watched Uncharted with Tom Holland and Marky oh, Mark. Why? 
because it was something that I had planned on watching and never got around to it. And I like the premise that it's another kind of Indiana Jones thing. And it just didn't deliver. And then you saw it and was like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. I, and it, I mean, it sets itself up for a sequel and uh-huh. it's like, nobody's going to watch this shit again. So I am convinced that um, Tom Holland is only ever going to be successful in the Spider-Man character. You think? They have tried to set him up to be like the guy that does the independent movies and all those have failed. They tried to set him up in other franchises like Uncharted and that failed. He only has found success in Spider-Man. And I know he's he's sitting there and he's talking about like, um, I don't know if I'm going to do another one. It's got to be a great script in order for me to come back. And it's like, no, your your um, your management is going to look at what you're being offered and say, take the goddamn Spider-Man film, because none of the other stuff that he's done, Cherry Bomb and. um, um there was one where he was like in a small religious town. Like none of them are like panning out for him. And it's just, it's painful to watch. I mean, I think the the dude's a good actor, but I, he's just picking the wrong projects. Right. So I got to imagine that like they're wanting him to be like Spider-Man forever, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Did you watch the Marvels? Yes, I did. Or go see the Marvels with the kid? I watched it. I didn't. I kind of didn't pay for it. No. So you you saw it? In the traditional sense? Yes. I saw it. Okay. I kind of liked it. Yeah. It was very fast paced, which. I enjoy um, the whole bouncing into each other's bodies. I thought was kind of fun. I still don't understand the Cree. <laughs> I'm kind of at the point where I feel every time I watch a new Marvels or Marvel movie, yeah. I've got to go back and research everything because there's so much backstory that I've either forgotten over the past decade or right that's never been revealed before. Well, I feel like one of the problems that they've, they've pigeonholed themselves in is that Captain Marvel was a story that took place in like, like the early nineties, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she flies away at the end to, to conquer whatever the name of the artificial intelligence was. And you realize that like all the movies that take place chronologically between then and when you see her again, you've seen the Cree and you've seen, you've seen that part of the world. And it's never been mentioned that like the Cree are in disarray and that like they're living in total darkness and like it's all Captain Marvel's fault and blah, blah, blah. And she's this, this wanted criminal that doesn't happen until this movie. And so right. they've usually their continuity is better than that. But because they're now writing out from, you know, I don't I don't really feel like the script writers are like talking to each other anymore. You know, at least at least Yeah, in it that, seems like there's a disconnect. Yeah, at least in that first group of movies, like there was there was a big concerted effort to be like okay well this happens in this movie so Captain America has to be here when this starts and it's got to reference this and it's got to do this and they were really good at at working that all together and now I just feel like they're just writing movies and they're just taking shit out of the comic books and now it's all like it's all over the place and like like none of it, it it amazes me every time I watch a new Marvel movie that like we're not concerned about the snap anymore. Like that just wasn't a thing that like really concerns anybody anymore. And right. It's not even like, you know, there's nothing mentioned of like when half of the people were gone 
for five years on the Cree planet, like then all of a sudden they were back. And like, you know, that could have been a point of contention of like, like overpopulation and what Captain Marvel did was just really fucked up their society. And it's just like, no, we're just not mentioning that anymore. You know, how many times have you seen the earth since fucking, um, Oh God, what was that? The Eternals movie where like, there's a giant hand coming out of the ocean. We don't talk about that anymore. Like it's just, we're just not concerned with continuity in the Marvel universe. And right. I, I, it, it sucks. Like the continuity was what held all that shit together. So, right. And it kind of feels like the continuity now is them just throwing little Easter eggs at you. Yeah. Hey, there's a sword station up in the sky. It's, 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 been there for God knows how long. Um, but you know, we haven't right. seen it until now. And, uh, there's a, there's a, um, what do they call it? A space elevator that apparently like, if you know the right person you can get on and go up to the sword right. station and it's just like, uh, okay. I, I do agree. I did like the, um, the switching bodies thing. I thought it was clever that the way that they use that in the fight scenes, to yeah to like use their powers when they needed their powers instead of like just flip-flopping in and out um right. i thought the cats eating the people to get them off the station mm-hmm. was a little weird cuz it's like oh you're just going to throw them back up yeah okay and where are they fitting like those are full-size yeah. people right so well, I mean, it's some kind of interdimensional thing because they're eating, you know, desks and shit. Yeah, I guess. But it's not explained. So, like, how do you know? Right. You know, it's just like, okay, we're, we're just going to do this. All right, cool. Right. Right. So now we have to find out who Ms. Marvel's grandmother was and why she only had one of the bangles and... But do we... I don't know. And the 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 after credit scenes were just I don't know. It was just more fan service. I thought. Oh God, yeah. I enjoyed the, them. The 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 bringing Kelsey Grammer back is beast. Like, right. Okay. I thought I thought we were rebooting everything. Like, like this. If you want to say that that mutants didn't exist on our earth I'm all for that because like to try to bring them in now after everything that the MCU has been through would be weird so I'm I'm fine with that it's a different earth whatever she's now there Um, her mom is Captain Marvel instead of um, uh, Danvers I mean that's all fine I don't care about that Um, but it's just like make the X-Men a little different because, yeah, Hugh Jackman's going to be Wolverine in um, Deadpool 3, but he's not going to be Wolverine in the new, like, whatever universe that is. Right. So, you know, right. do Beast differently. Do fucking... And, and I don't think the CGI looked that great for Beast either. No, it wasn't. It, it looks like they used an old model. Yeah, and and they're like Marvel has really suffered from like the post credit stuff. Like none of that. Like if you remember the post credits for um, the Eternals when Patton Oswalt came out as the little gnome dude, and mm-hmm. right before he introduces Harry Styles as like Thanos's brother, and you're like, oh, that's a right. fucked up. That's that's like a really bad CG model. So I don't know if those are mm-hmm. all afterthoughts and they have one dude working on it for like a week and then they've got to turn it in. But like uh, some things just don't look right. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think the Marvels from the standpoint of like fun Marvel movies, I think they recaptured some of that because I do think it was it was fun. I think, I think they did, too. I think it was just. 
I don't know. I, I don't think it was a great movie. And I think they suffered because of like quantum mania had happened before that. Right. Um, and so like people were really under Marvel fatigue. Um, so like a new, another one. And like, I really wasn't digging the, um, the new villain in the Marvels, the, the female accuser. Like, I just didn't feel like there yeah. was any weight behind it. So I don't know. It, it was a popcorn movie. Yes. Uh, they, they throw you some breadcrumbs and now we're going to get the junior league and yep. It's like, all right, let's reboot this for 12 year olds. So all the parents that went to see Iron Man now have kids that are uh, just old enough to like really get in touch with like the young Avengers. And then, you know, that'll be a huge thing for them. And then in 10 years, they'll reboot it again for their kids. And it'll be a non non ending cycle. Right. Yeah, it was a fun little movie. Yeah. We'll see what comes of it. <laughs> uh, the other movie I watched was Wonka. Really? I'm, have you seen Wonka? I have not, and I've been wanting to. Um, so I'm I'm really interested to hear what your take on this is. It is a fun family movie. It's got some great art direction. It's got some great characters in it. Um, Timothy Chalamet didn't suck. Nice. And it it's a full-blown musical. Right. I mean, he, he leads production numbers and shit. Um, I liked it. I really liked it. It was cute. It was fun. Um Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it was I, it I I would recommend seeing it. It's a very beautiful movie in okay. terms of the look of it. I mean, I was and, I was uh, very intrigued by the trailer. Um and I've been wanting yeah. to see it, but I just haven't had the opportunity yet. Mhm. Um and I know there's a there's a love-hate thing in America with Tim, with Timothy Chalamet. You know, some people are like, right. oh, he's overhyped. Some people think he's the greatest thing. I think he's a good actor. I think the things that I've seen him in, like, I'm not a huge fan of the Dune movie, but I think he did a great job in it. Um, The other things that I've seen him in, I think he does a really good job with. So when they said he was Wonka, I was like, I can kind of see that. And this is the, like, yeah, the, and he's making the Gene Wilder version, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, right down to the the costume he wears is very reminiscent of the Gene Wilder version. Okay. And Hugh Grant is really funny as the Oompa Loompa. Um, Olivia Coleman is one of the bad guys, and she's really funny. Um, Keegan Michael Key is in it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just a a a fun little movie. Well, I mean, we talked about Olivia Coleman when she was in Secret Invasion. And, like, she right. was the best part of that TV show. And, like, everything that I've ever seen her in, like, she's always stealing the show, so. Yeah. I mean, the characters are really broad, like the parents were in the Gene Wilder version. You know, you've got the, the chocolate cartel um, who's, you know, trying to put or not let Wonka go into business. Right. Um, Olivia Coleman. I mean, it, there's some really, really nice work in this movie. Okay. Yeah. I, and I like I said, the, the songs aren't horrible and Chalamet carries it. Well, are there, I mean, he doesn't suck at it. I mean, obviously it's still doing well in the box office. Are there, um, like memorable songs like the first movie? Uh, not on first listen. No, okay. But I I think there could be. Okay. I mean, there's nothing that like immediately has stuck in my head. 
I was just wondering if they did like callbacks to like some of the songs from the first movie or like, cause, cause like, you know, there are songs, there are songs in that first film that are like, not, not cheer up Charlie, but like, there are definitely other songs in that movie where like everything else. Yeah. Like you, you get, they get stuck in your head. They're like earworms and, and stuff. And it, f- right. it feels like musicals today suffers from the lack of those. Like, right. There's too many that are just like generic songs and stuff. Right. I mean, they, they play back on pure imagination. Okay. Um, he's talking to someone and he mixes up his words and he says, you know, strike that, reverse it. Right. Um, he, um, Olivia Coleman runs a boarding house slash laundry and he's taken there to, cause he needs a place to stay and he doesn't have any money. And the deal is that, you know, he can pay the next day and she brings out a contract to sign. And the contract is kind of like, um, very wonka ish in that it goes on and on and on and on. And there's a ton of small print and, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Okay. Slugworth is one of the, uh, other chocolate producers. Okay. Um, Matt Lucas, who was in Little Britain, is another one. Matt Lucas. Is that the bald guy? I mean, I would recommend it. Yes. Okay. Huh, interesting. I mean, when he opens his candy store, it's kind of similar to the scene where they first see the candy room and you know there's trees and flowers and all this stuff made out of candy and everything's edible and right it's i mean it it could become one of those christmas movies that shows up on tv every year oh interesting okay now whether or not it does who knows but <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a really fun little movie. Okay. Probably the best thing out of what I watched this week. <laughs> but hasn't been much in terms of like TV shows. No. Um there really hasn't been. Daredevil's back in production. It is. We're not, it's not. It's no longer eighteen episodes, though. It's now going to be thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I'm. They're going to rewrite it all anyway. So whatever that eighteen episode plan was is out the window anyway. So I'm not really heartbroken that you know it's changing the fact that we're just getting more is right is fine yeah i mean we're we're supposedly getting karen and foggy back the yep. original actors so because they haven't been doing anything they need the work I, yeah well that too <laughs> um it really feels though like they're setting fisk up to be much bigger in the marvel universe well, I mean, if he's willing to do it, why not? Yeah, hell yeah. He does a great job of it. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a great actor, all the way back to um, Full Metal Jacket. Like, like Leon, um, oh my God, I almost called him Leonardo DiCaprio. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> Vincent D'Onofrio um, is an amazing right. actor. And the fact that he's willing to play in the Marvel sandbox. They should take that and run with it. He loves the character. He's great at it. Just fucking let him do it. So, yeah, I, I had heard that too. I had heard that they were setting him up to be a big bad, um, whether that be in Marvel TV or transfer to the movies. And I just think that that's the way to go. I think you bring everybody back from those TV shows 
Well, not Iron um, Right. Iron Fist. Like recast that guy, but bring them all back. <laughs> like like it's fine. Right. Cuz I mean, they were able to do a Defenders TV show on Netflix, so why the fuck not? Right. And now they're saying all of that stuff is canon again. Yep. So leaves openings. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the short with Polly Shore playing Richard Simmons? I have not seen it. I have heard about it. It's really horrendous. Is it? It's really horrendous, and he's playing it straight, but they're saying it's supposed to be a comedy, and I'm not sure what they're doing. But this this whole short is he's about to go on the Ellen show, and there's this horrible actress playing Ellen, and Polly Shore's in this bad department store curly wig and there's this this guy who's like one of the PAs on the TV show and he's supposed to hand Richard Simmons a copy of his one of the sweating to the oldie DVDs that he's supposed to be hawking and he doesn't do that and it's just weird it's weird and it's not interesting I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can see why Richard Simmons said, yeah, we're not interested. But like, wasn't, wasn't the thing like so, somebody had made a comment about Pauly Shore looking like Richard Simmons. And so like that kind of kicked it off of like, all of a sudden it was like, Hey, we should do this. And like, it kind of right. popped up out of nowhere. So I don't know what was discussed with who, but like, I don't feel like it was, you know, I feel like it was just out of nowhere. You know, more like a um, a student film than like an actual thing that was greenlit by somebody. But I don't know. Yeah, well, it, they were saying that it was a movie, and then the trailer dropped, and then a couple of days ago they dropped like this nine-minute short. So I thought, oh, maybe that's all it is. Or are they trying to do like they trying to get people interested in like to see if, if there we how much interest it. there is to like, you know, really push the project forward. Right. Yeah, I would hope this this makes them say, Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> it's Paulie Shore. We don't want that. Who wants that? I think they should do a remake of Step Brothers with Polly Shore and Carrot Top. I think they should do um, Son-in-Law 2. Get get, uh, Carla Gugina back and, um, you know, the the little redheaded kid from Sandlot who played the little brother. Like, you know, they could do something with that. I don't know. I, I don't think that Carla Cugino is um, desperate enough to go back, but you know, whatever. Isn't she also the mother in those uh, Spy Kids movies? Yes. Is that who I'm thinking of? Um, okay. Well, Jessica Alba plays the mother in some of them. Um, but I mean, Carla Carla Cugino just did the um, uh, Fall of the House of Usher, so. I'm sure she doesn't have any, right. you know, I'm sure she doesn't need Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, who needs Polly Shore? Nobody. Not a single person. No. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, I found a website that you might be interested in, but I just got to find it. Hang on. Yeah. Where the hell did it go? I have too much stuff open. Okay. So 
Have you ever heard of the Earl Hayes Press? Uh, yeah. So the Earl Hayes Press is a company located in Hollywood who has been making paper props for Hollywood for as long as there's been a Hollywood. They make... Is this the same company? Is this the company that did, like, the the National Treasure... Um, papers, the what's her name papers? They probably did most most of the paper props that you've ever seen in a movie come from the Earl Hayes Press. They make the famous reoccurring okay. newspaper, the the one that's like the uh, oh what was it? They showed uh, Ed O'Neill uh, has been reading the same paper since Married with Children. Like it's the same back piece. Um, so they've made, they've made everything they made. Um, they made all of the back to the future paper props. They've made Beetlejuice props. They've made cereal boxes and um, cigarette packs and all this stuff. And if you go to the Earl Hayes there is a page there called the memorabilia okay. shop. And you can buy actual paper props from some of your favorite movies from the actual people that made them for the movies. So like if you're a big X-Files fan and you love the smoking guy character, you can buy uh, the Morley cigarette packs from them. Um, you can buy the famous reoccurring newspaper. You can buy the sports almanac cover. Um, you can buy the clock tower Hill Valley telegraph newspaper from the first film. Um, you can buy the Beetlejuice business cards. You can buy the turbo man cereal box from, um, jingle all the way. Like there's, they have a limited supply of these things, but they're starting to restock them too. They've decided that there's enough interest in this um, so that like if you want to get it sold out right now, but like for $50, you can get the Back to the Future uh, Clock Tower newspaper that talks about the clock tower being struck by lightning. The one that's actually like like it's a exact reproduction of the one that was used in the movie because this company made that one in the movie. And so they pulled out all of the the, the printing stuff to make this and they're just running off new ones. And so like you can get actual paper wow. props and stuff from this company. Um, they, okay. they were making um, one of the Holy grails for blade runner fans and prop collectors is the Deckard police ID badge, which the Earl Hayes okay. press had made. And I, they're sold out now, but for a while they were running them off the exact way that they did for the movies. The there's a big red X on it because he's like retired and that red X was made out of a special material. And they were like, once that material has gone because you can't get it anymore, we're going to stop selling these. So they were right. pricey. They were 240 bucks for the ID, but like Blade Runner fans went nuts for it because you couldn't get them anywhere especially not like authentic. And so like, it's an interesting, Mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing that like, if you're a big movie fan and you collect props, right. And like, say you're a big X-Files fan and like, you know, you want to pack a Morley cigarettes, you can buy the sheet and like cut it out and like, you know, fold it over and stuff and have an actual Morley cigarettes thing from the company that prints them. Like, it's a very cool idea. Yeah, that is cool. But there were there were um there were a couple of videos that Adam Savage did on his tested YouTube channel um where they went through all the stuff that Earl's Earl Hayes has made and they had a giant table of like every famous film prop you've ever seen that's like paper. They had um they had the the, the travel papers from Casablanca. They had um, 
They had all of the newspaper and, and magazine covers from like Ghostbusters. They are the ones that like printed the out of time license plate and the Ecto one license plate. And like, um, they did all, if you're, if you're a fan of the great movie Waterworld, it, the, the bad guys live on this th- stuff called. And who isn't? I know. And so like, it's a take on, um, right. Yeah. On, uh, whatever that shit is in the can. Um, but you can buy a spam, a spam. you can buy a smeat label on this website if you want. Like it's, there's all kinds of stuff on here. Like if you're a, if you're a fan of, um, child's play, the, the original one, like you can get a cereal box from child's play. And I just, uh, I think it's an amazing like opportunity f- and they're supposed to be putting more things on there because of the amount of the sheer amount of stuff that they have. Um, right. This is kind of like their first offering to see like how much interest there is. So um, I'm definitely once, once they go back in stock, I think I'm going to buy the, the clock tower newspaper. Yeah. Cause that's just it. That's iconic out of that movie. And I think it'd be cool to like frame and put on the wall. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Apparently they do like all those fake liquor bottle labels and cereal yep. boxes and. Yes, anything and everything. Um, it, uh, there's also a guy on YouTube. Um, I think his channel is called Props to History. And he does a bunch of like famous props videos and stuff. And he is the guy that like the Earl Pre- Earl Hayes press hired to go through all of the stuff. So he's in a lot of the, the Adam Savage videos. Um, and oh yeah. Walking, oh, that, walking him through. It's really stuff. cool. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing set of videos. Like if you're, a, if you're a film fan, you'll see things that you've seen before. And it's like, holy shit. Like one company made all of it. Right. So it's pretty cool. Nice. But I know as a prop collector, there's some things on here that might catch your eye. Yeah, very cool stuff. Oh, apparently Props to History's season one, episode one, was the story of Earl Hayes Press. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so... And I yeah, that's really cool. The dude is very knowledgeable. He's very well spoken. He's you know, he's not fumbling through it. He's done his research, and he's like, he's like super like into the into all the stuff. And like apparently, going through the archive, he came upon the um, the the travel papers from Casablanca, and I guess that's one of those iconic props that you could see on screen, but because it's, you know, 19, what it was it the thirties, like it was never a clear yes. picture. So like everybody has always been like, I wonder what those really look like. And he said, when he opened the box and it was there, he like, he got goosebumps because like it was the Holy grail of like prop collectors. Mm. So it's very cool. To imagine how much stuff is lost. Oh yeah, over the years that nobody had this common sense to say, oh, you know, this is something we should save. Well, I mean, that's like, um, and then they should call me, and I would tell them what they should save. <laughs> there was that story after the first Star Wars film, where somebody found the model for the death star in a trash bin somewhere and took it out. And, um, I think there's a video on YouTube about it where like somebody made it into like, Oh, uh, like a wall ornament for a while. And like, there was just a time when none of this shit got saved. They would, they would build sets and models and shit, and then they would just tear it down or throw it out because there was just no room for it. And fortunately the Earl Hayes press was like, we're keeping a copy of everything we've ever done. And, you know, like, fortunately, they're now opening their archives so that people can actually see it again. So. Right. You know, that's that's awesome for for like film fans. 
Oh, hell yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing that the uh, snow globe for Mary Poppins, where she sings Feed the Birds, was like found in like a janitor's closet. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I guess at some point you run out of room, but, you know. I mean, and I also think at some point... I think they should still save stuff. At some point, like... Um, you know, they they just weren't thinking that this stuff would have any legs. Like, up right. until Star Wars, nobody cared about the props. And props were reused all the time. Like, there was... I remember seeing a video where, like, the, the Wicked Witch of the West's... Um, um, sand, sand clock. Um, that she flips over in front of Dorothy and is like, when that runs out, you die or whatever. Like right. that, that winds up in a bunch of different movies, um, throughout the thirties and forties. And like the big, the big wheel pieces from, um, the Emerald city wind up in a bunch of different movies. And it was just, it was just in a prop house. And, Right. People like set designers would go in and say, I want this, this, and this. And it just happened to be from those movies. And now everything is so compartmentalized that you can't reuse props anymore because people go, Oh, that's just from that movie. Right. And so like the nerds are the ones that are wanting to keep all this stuff. And like, God love them that they do because it is history. Right. Right. Well, I mean, there was a period when, I mean, way, way, way back in the, the early, early days of movies where they would build like an enormous set or, or they would build any set and then just abandon it. And then another film company would come in and they would use their sets. Yep. And it got to a point that um, Cecil B. DeMille when he made the Ten Commandments, had that set buried in the desert. <laughs> and they've gone back and people have actually found it. Nice. Which is kind of cool. <clears throat> well, and there's all but those... But yeah, for the longest time... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, for the longest time, um, the opera set from the original, original Lon Chaney Phantom of the Opera was in a soundstage at Universal Studios Hollywood. And you could see it on like the, the walking tour. Okay. But it's, since then, it's been packed up and put away. Well, but at least it hasn't been destroyed. And I know that, like, um, who was it? So, so they they're big on reusing sets in England because there's mm-hmm. just not room for a lot of stuff. And so, right. if you watch. Um, the 1989 Batman, the Axis chemical set is the same set used in the movie aliens for the, the air refinery. And so much so that they had left when, when the aliens production wrapped, they just left all the alien crap in it. And so when Batman, when the Batman production team showed up, they had to get rid of all of like the alien nest. And so like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So like that stuff happens too. like, like locations get reused and because it's just cheaper to leave shit than to like haul it away. It like encroaches on the next production. Right. So, yeah, I mean, all that stuff can, you know, and I've, I've read accounts of like, um, and I think we talked about it. Like, cell animation where people would pull them yeah. out of dumpsters for like famous movies. And it's just like, well, that's just well, what they it, did. They just threw them out at Disney. They used to like throw them all out in the hallway and kind of like surf on them. <laughs> that's like, that's ridiculous to me that nobody felt there was any value to that stuff. 
I'm sure they kept the ones that they thought were cool and hung, hung them up in their kids' rooms and probably threw them oh, out. Oh, I'm the sure kids, they did. Kids moved out and, you know. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a job to the animators. It's just, you know. Or like back in the day when like the, the, the celluloid was like costly, they would like clean them. And like wipe out right. whatever yeah, art they was would on just them. Erase them, yeah, and use them over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my god, like people would kill for that, right? But yeah, just not. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just not a thing anymore. No, no, no. Of course, now they're they're studios are just looking at ways to monetize it after after the fact (laughs) well yeah and now you know now there's all kinds of auctions and there's all kinds of things of like own a piece of your favorite movie and like okay right you know anything to make their money back right yeah I know there's a couple of stores out in the LA area where they sell like movie wardrobe yeah but it's it's obviously not, you know, the dude's sweater. It's not anything recognizable, but there might be stuff from a movie you've got some connection to or, you know, it's like a secondhand store. Actually, I think Sandy Brady used to have one. <laughs> there was there was a, a the comic book shop. I forget what it was called. In Orlando. That was over by, it was on International Drive by Universal. Yes. They used to sell. It was kind of like tucked back. Yes. They used to sell um, Sequest costumes because that was shot in Orlando. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. So you could get, right. you could get actual, like if you were in the Sequest, you could get Sequest props and, and outfits straight from like the source. Which I always thought was cool. And like mm-hmm. I, I was never a fan, so I never bought anything. But I remember looking through it going like, if I was a fan of this, this would be fucking amazing. Right. But yeah. Well, you know, being the, the movie making hub <laughs> of the Southeast here. At one time it was. You would think that there would be more. Actually, you know, when Disney MGM opened, they had some, they had a shop where they had memorabilia and autographs and stuff. But it was stuff like you could get a bag of plastic spiders that were used as set dressing in arachnophobia. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure somebody bought those. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. There was a, a movie with Molly Ringwald called Betsy's Wedding. Yeah. Where they had the the stamped um, napkins and cocktail stirrers <laughs> from like the wedding scene. It's like, oh, I have a couple of those because <laughs> they were like the cheapest thing they had. There you go. But um, yeah, that's very cool. Saving history. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. All right. You got anything else for this week? Uh, The only thing I was going to bring up is there's a movie that debuted at Sundance called Your Monster. Okay. And it's kind of a reverse take on Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Oh. It looks interesting to me. It's about this woman. She's recovering from cancer. She's going through um, – her boyfriend breaks up with her while she's, you know, getting her chemo and stuff. And when she moves back into her house, there's a monster living in her closet. Oh. <laughs> um, but they – but she stays and they form a relationship. That's kind of interesting. Oh, wow. 
he looks the the actor playing the monster looks very much in the vein of the Ron Perlman version from uh, that the old TV series way back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they were like living in the sewers of New York. <clears throat> When does, so it's, anyway. it's, it's at, uh, Sunday. Yeah. Which is what this week. Okay. Last week. Oh yeah. I see a picture of him. Yeah. The girl kind of looks like Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. The white streak in her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That would be int- like you come home and there's like a monster. <laughs> yeah. All right, you can stay. Whatever. Yeah, who's like living in your closet and he wants you to leave? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. All right. Cool. But yeah, no, that's all I had. All right. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube and let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. I have failed in my role as a sort of Jiminy Cricket figure. (laughs) 